Amen. I want you just to quickly turn in your Bibles with me, if you would. I want to go to Psalm 22 and 3. Psalm 22 and 3. I want you to know something. You know what we do as believers? Praise is what we do. How many understand something? Praise is what we do. You know, praise is a vital part of the believer's life. I mean, it's, it's extremely important that we become praisers, that we have praise on our lips, that we have praise in our mouth. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, some people think it's just raising your hands. Some people won't raise their hands, but I wish you would. The Bible says, with holy hands, lift up holy hands before the Lord. So if you never lifted your hands, it won't hurt you. Your arms won't fall off. Amen. Just raise your hands anyway. Amen. Let's just do that real quick. Just lift your hands up. Amen. See, it didn't hurt anybody. Nobody fell dead. Amen. Everybody's living. Amen. It won't hurt you. And, and so nobody's making you do that. I'd ask you to do it. If you didn't do it, I'm not throwing you out. Say, praise God, nobody's throwing me out. Amen. Because we don't make anybody do anything, but we encourage you to do it because when we lift our hands, we're trusting in a God that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what we can ask or think. Praise is what we do. I want you to say that out loud. Say, praise is what we do. Come on, say it again. Praise is what we do. For those of you in Sumter that are watching, come on, praise is what we do. If you're in Georgetown or, or wherever you're watching, if you're in Columbia or Florence, praise is what we do. You know, when I was a boy and I was, I was growing up, I remember some great lessons from my parents. They pastored for, you know, numbers of years in and, and, uh, and different places. And when my dad was in Bible school, the school saw the fire of God on him as a young man and gave him in a church. It was a little church that was just, you know, I mean, they were looking for somebody to pastor and they saw the fire on him. And they, the, the district of the, of the uh, denomination he was involved in put him in this church in Stott City, Missouri. Not Scott, Stott. Now, Stott is small. <laughs> I'm talking about one street small. You understand what I'm talking about? But they put him in this church because they wanted to get him fired up and preaching and so on and so forth. But a lot of things happened in this church when he was a pastor. And so I was just a little boy. I mean, I wasn't very old, and my sister and I were there with them, and we saw great miracles in this church. It's amazing what a small church like that can produce in the lives of people. On one Sunday morning, I remember we were sitting there in the midst of this church, and, and the service was going good, the house was packed, and everybody was doing good, and I'm not sure what happened. Some, some speculated that, that, that somebody set this on fire or whatever, but the parsonage for the house, which was where the pastor would live, back in them days, your church would have a parsonage. So you'd have a church, and then they'd have a little house where your pastor could live, and it'd be free for them, you know, and that'd be just another portion of their salary. Whatever. They'd set a little parsonage next door, and we had a little dog and three or four rooms in the house, and we'd moved all our stuff in the night before, all of our belongings. We moved in, and we had moved in on that Friday night. It'd been a while. We'd been pastoring there. It was time to move. They decided to move everything in and move to Stott City. And on that Sunday morning, I remember a man came running in the back door of that church, threw the doors open, and yelled out, your house is on fire. Your house is on fire. Well, of course, everybody ran out there, and the police truck or the fire truck from the little city came up to put the fire out, but it was really engaged. The fire had come up, and it was just cooking everything. And probably more concerning to us were the private things, the pictures and things in the house, those kinds of things, and the little dog that we loved and didn't want to die. You know how you feel. And so anyway, while this is going on, I, I remember I was in the church with my father, and he was going to Bible school, so it was tough on everybody. And at that time, some of the Bible school students would come over to this church and help him. You know, he knew those guys, and he'd invite them to come over and help him. And so he'd be, he was in the church, and one of the young Bible school students, as the house is burning down outside, 
my dad is trying to make decisions about what he's going to do, and people are already out. The fire truck's already there. This young man stopped my dad and said, listen, I want you to know I know how you're feeling. Just one of those sorrow things. And, and, and told my dad, you know, I might not be able to come back to school next year and, or next week or whatever. I don't have enough money to pay for my school. And, uh, and he told my dad this story, and my dad had had the, somehow the, the offerings and tithes that ended up with him, and he'd, he had them with him, either in a pocket or a bag or whatever. And I still remember that's how my dad would get paid. And I saw this man of God look at this young man in the midst of this condition as his house was burning down and everything he owned was being destroyed. He yanked out that bag of all the money he had and handed it to that young man and said, I want you to pay your tuition. I saw that in my parents. I saw somebody that I saw. See, my parents, if I could tell you anything, they were praise crazy, those people. I had praise crazy parents. I mean, if, if there was an opportunity to praise, these folks would jump up and praise. My dad was just a, I mean, we'd go out on the street and do these things called, uh, 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 mean, well, I forget what we used to, brush arbors or whatever we used to do. We'd go out on these bandstands, and, and uh, my dad would give my sister, uh, he taught me to play the drums, and then he taught my sister to play a piano, but she only had an accordion out there, and all he had was a ukulele. Now, my dad weighed about 350 pounds and was 6'2", at the time, now he didn't always weigh that, but I mean, he went out there with his little ukulele. Folks would make fun of him while he played his ukulele on the street singing Jesus songs. I mean, that, that's all they want to do was praise the Lord. But I saw this man yank out that bag and hand that bag to that Bible school student. And, and, and to me, it was a form of praise. He was saying, I trust God that no matter what happens, you know, we ought to build that kind of trust. In a God who can take care of us. Whether our house is burning down or whether it's not burning down. How many believe we can trust God? And I still, that same day, I remember leaving the church building after I saw this example. How many know those kinds of examples last in a kid's life? I'm a product of that today. This church is a product of parents who were faithful to God, who believed God, who trusted God. And moms and dads in this house, you need to get some praise in your house. Turn off the TV every once in a while and turn off those radio stations that have everything but God on them and start putting God in your house. Start putting the Holy Ghost in your house. Start putting some television stations that have God in the television. I mean, put God right in the center and start praising God and say, you'll be amazed at what praise will do and what it will do in your kids, huh? You ought to show them how good God is. You ought to be an example of the blessings of the Lord. But I came outside, and as I come outside, the fire truck's out there spraying down the house, and in the front yard of this house with the entire town. Now, the town probably had maybe 200, 300 people total. And I remember my mother was knelt down, had knelt down on the ground in front of the house. And the house is burning, flames coming out the ceiling and out the windows. They're busting the roof open, spraying inside the room. I mean, just, just all this was going on. My mom got down on her knees in, that, in, the, in the middle of that yard with all those people standing around, and she began to praise God. Now, if that ain't crazy, I don't know what is. But, you know, real praisers are crazy in the world's eyes. I mean, not in the church's eyes because you understand. Because in the middle of stuff... There are things that break us out. There are things that turn life around for us. And praise, come on believers, praise is what we do. You ought to shout that out. Praise is what we do. Come on somebody, praise is what we do. And I remember her praising God. Thank you God for keeping us. Thank you God for watching for us. I still, this was stuck in my memory. 
You know, church was number one with us. It wasn't like the last thing we did. It was the first thing we did. If we were going to put something off, we didn't put the church off. We put the thing off. They didn't send us places and, then, and, and, and make church second. They always made church first. But I'll tell you this. When I watched her worship God in the middle of that street, it might have looked crazy to the world, but I knew she was doing battle for something better. How many know we can do battle for something better? I wish you'd shout out amen. And you guys watching me online, listen, you can praise God for something better. And so I'll say this to you, it transformed our world. It was so miraculous and so amazing. Now you're over there at this scripture, and this is what this scripture says to us. It says, God inhabits the praises of his people. God's dwelling place in the believer is inside of their praise and worship. When you want God to show up, you've got to begin to praise God for him to show up. And when he comes, he makes an impact in our lives. Many people as Christians don't understand. They walk around with frowns and depression. They walk around with, with uh, 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 being uh, 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 controversial in the way they interact and they're murmuring. You can't murmur and expect things to turn around. You've got to get your face to God. You've got to put your head toward heaven and then begin to say, I know my God can do exceedingly, abundantly, abundantly all that I ask or think and when we begin to raise our voice and we begin to magnify God and, and some of us are trying to be silent Christians you can't be a silent Christian the Bible says when Peter and when they when, when they were in prison they began to sing and praise God for the prisoners heard them they begin to worship God he said shout to God shout to God with a voice of triumph believers praise is what we do praise is what we do you got to put some praise on When that was all over with and everything was done, you know, here we were, no house, no clothes. I mean, everything we had was burned up. But I saw them praise God. I saw them bring God into the midst of their life, into the midst of the challenge, to invite Him to inhabit that situation. God inhabits the praises of His people. They needed help at that moment. And all of a sudden, I began to see God do a work. In that day, people began to give. My dad had given away everything. He'd given all he could to the people around him. He'd given money away that he, he didn't have any money left. There was no offering to take up at the time. And at that time, that's how he got paid. But he did it by faith in the midst of tragedy. But it was that faith. It was that act of faith. It was that, that thing that transitioned him into a new place. Now, what am I saying? Well, all of a sudden, people began to give to them. All of a sudden, people begin to mail to our address things. And that, that day, a man pulled a double wide, or it was a great big mobile home, up to the back of the church and hooked that mobile home up to the back of that church. To the, I mean, they put everything in. In one day, and we had a brand new house in one day. We had more stuff than we could have ever imagined in one day. It was so much blessing. That within a week, my dad had to call the newspaper and other newspapers around and ask the people not to give anymore because we had nowhere to put it. We couldn't even store because God said he would pour into us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, God would cause men to pour into our bosom. Man, if we could just get a shout on, if we'd stop murmuring and complaining and stop being depressed and discouraged, come on somebody, praise God in the midst of whatever. You know, we praise God for what he has done. You know, when you think about praise, praising Jesus is about what he has done, what he is doing, and what he's going to do. I got to ask a, a real question. 
Has God done anything for you? Can you look back over your life? Can you just do it today? I mean, maybe where you are today ain't where you want to be. That's not good English, but it works anyhow. I, I, I want you to know, you've been places in your history, and, and, and you can see how God kept you in the midst of trial. I remember when he was younger, and he was thinking about getting married and working here at the church and working out in the world. He'd got up on a ladder with a chainsaw. You remember that day? And fell with that chainsaw, about cut his body in half. I can't remember all that he'd done. But he was in the hospital and went, went to see him in the hospital. I'm looking at him today. He's still got two arms. They still work. Two legs are still working. He's still alive. Has God done? See, we forget. We forget. We, we, sometimes we forget to look back at how God kept us, how God watched over us, even when we didn't deserve it. I wish somebody would shout amen. Even when it wasn't in my, I had done nothing for God to do anything, but he did it anyway. Somebody, somebody watching, somebody out there ought to understand. It, listen, it's time for the church to get back. It's time for us to come back to the house. You don't need to sit silently and not praise God. Lift up your voice. Give God some glory. Give God some worship. The Lord is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. God has done something for you. And he's doing it right now. How many believe God is working right now? I believe he's working right now because God blessed me before, and I know he's the same. He'll never change. I can't change him. He'll be the same. You know what? God's blessing me right this very minute. He's helping me right this very second. Oh, hallelujah. He inhabits the praise is what we do. Come on, somebody. Praise is what we do. Church, praise is what we do. Come on, it's time to do some dancing. It's time to do some shouting. If you hadn't died from COVID, you ought to be excited about that. So many of you are worried about tomorrow and whether you're going to get it tomorrow. You ought to praise him for didn't get it yesterday. Don't got it today. And if you didn't get it yesterday, and you don't got it today, then why not believe him I don't get it tomorrow? Oh, I wish somebody would shout out. I know what they're saying on the media. I know what the television is saying. I know that they're threatening everybody. I know that it's all real. Nobody's suggesting it's not real. You ought to be safe. You ought to be protected. You ought to do things that protect you. You ought to wear the mask. You ought to do all that stuff. But you ought to trust God. You ought to trust the Lord. For the Lord is with me. He'll never leave. Somebody ought to shout amen. If I get it, I'm coming out. Oh, I wish somebody would shout out amen. Don't get stuck over there. Come on, praise God anyhow. I want you to know something. I'm never going to get it in Jesus' name. That's where I stand right now. I'm planning not to have it in Jesus' name. But if I get it, I'm going to believe God in the middle of it. I'm coming out of it. I'm going to believe that it comes out of my body and that whatever it takes, whatever is necessary for me to recover, I'm going to recover. But I'm going to tell you something else. If I didn't recover, I'd be praising God because I know where I'm going. I know exactly where I'm going. To be absent from the body is to be praised. We've got something. Somebody ought to say amen. We've got something to shout about. Praise is what we do. God inhabits the praises of his people. Church, I want to encourage you this morning that you put some praise on. 
that you start praising God not only for what he has done and not only for what he is doing, but I want you to start praising God for what he's going to do. When my mom and dad were in that condition, and it looked so pitiful and so discouraging, when they began to praise God, they began to open up revolution. They began to open up revelation. When you praise God and you worship God, you open up revolution and you open up revelation. And when you do, you're opening up your seasons of victory. Because when we praise God, the voice of God comes in praise. I wish somebody would shout out amen. The voice of God comes in praise. We need the voice of God. I'm going to say this and I don't want nobody to get mad at me. Twelve years ago, I was praising God no matter who the president was. Eight years ago, I was praising God, no matter who the president was. Four years ago, I was praising God, no matter who the president was. Today, I'm praising God, no matter who the president is. And I want you to know something. In four years from now, I'm going to be praising God, no matter who the president is. My faith will never be, has never been, cannot be, cannot be, cannot be in a man to change my life. Jesus said, see, if I was a church right, right now in this church, you ought to be shouting. Jesus said, I am the way. I don't care who the president is. If you think that a new president, a new Congress, a new Senate is going to change your life, I've got news for you. Jesus said, I am the way. Come on, somebody. I am the truth. You should have praised God 12 years ago. You should have praised God Eight years ago, you should have praised God. For, it doesn't matter who you like or didn't like or what you think they did or didn't do. You could hate everything they did or love everything they did. But your trust should not be in them. My trust is in the Lord. I wish somebody shout out amen. And if you just begin to praise him no matter what. Praise him no matter what. It still takes God to move on your behalf. It's still going to take God to transfer things into our life. It's still going to take God to to, to change the aspect. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. I'm just going to quote scripture to you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Praise is what we do. Praise is what we do. Come on, somebody. Praise is what we do. Praise is what we do. I've got something the world didn't give me. And the world can't take it away. Glory to God. Praise is what we do. Would you just praise Him in this house? Come on. 